0: is out. The Age of Independence is here, where the next generation of high-performing agencies transform the agency landscape. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, and mega startup coach. This podcast is all about you, the agency owner, stepping into the new wave of opportunity, knocking out the competition in the modern market. This is the Age of Independence podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Agar. Welcome to the show. Hi, agents, listeners. This is Caitlin Agar, and thank you for joining us today. The past few weeks have been. Just so exciting guest hosting for Agency Intelligence. And today is a bit of a milestone moment uh, as I launch this new podcast with you. And it's all about the new wave of opportunity that's in front of us in the modern insurance market, whether you are a captive agent that's stepping into the independent world for the very first time or an independent agency working on transforming your agency from the inside out. The forecast is out and the age of independence is here. So the opportunity to grow and scale, we believe, has never been greater. And that's why I really wanted to invite a special guest to the show today. Hi, Dr. Williams. Hey,
1: how are you? How are you, Kaylin?
0: Doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, Many of our listeners are familiar with you and your work. Dr. Williams is the CEO of Williams Family Investment Group and the founder of inspire a nation business mentoring services. So when it comes to the things we need to know to grow and scale our agencies and transform our teams, man, Dr. Williams, you are the one uh, that we want to hear from and just really looking forward to picking your brain. I'm honored.
1: honored. Well, look, I'm I'm ready. I'm an open book. So (laughs) let's, let's jump right in. Let's start with your questions.
0: So for our listeners who maybe are hearing from you for the first time, could you, um, Reverse the timeline for us a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your background and Mm -hmm. what life looked like for you before you stepped into the insurance. Absolutely.
1: I'll make this real simple. I'm retired army. I was commander of army college recruiting, meaning I had 2,700 campuses around the country that I was responsible for. And each one of those had a recruiter on them. So 2,700 plus recruiters. Um, And then 21 years after I entered the military, I quit, you know, I retired. I was done. And so when I got out of the military, I already had a PhD in finance, and I, I was either going to go into banking or investment banking, or I was going to go into something. And one of my neighbors worked for Allstate, and he said, you should really take a look at insurance. Well, once I started doing my, my deep research into it, because I always knew insurance was viable. Once I started doing my deep research, I realized nothing in this country moves without insurance. You know, so it was almost a recession proof industry. So I said, let's jump on it. So I took the processes and the the training and everything that i had done in the military. And I said, how do I convert this over into the into the insurance world? So I walked into Allstate, took their processes, took what they were doing, mixed them with what I knew, what I was doing. And within a year, I was. Star performer, you know, rookie of the year, whatever they called it at that particular time. I was chairman's inner circle doing all the fancy stuff. But what I wasn't doing was I wasn't making any money. Okay, I was stepping on stage and I was getting all the accolades, but I wasn't making any money. And so that's when I first started to realize that I'm working for a company. I'm not working for my client because if my client paid me, I'd be making money. Okay, But the company pays me, so I'm not making as much money as I could. And then what really triggered me to leave Allstate after four years was I had built this really nice agency, $3.2 million or whatever it was in premium. And then I went to Allstate and said, I want to open another agency. And they said, we're not selling. We're not allowing inside to open an agency. We're only selling to outside. And it made me realize that the reason why they were doing that was because They wanted outsiders who didn't know anything about insurance to come in and help the marketing machine, help put all these thousands and thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars into the marketing, whereas insiders, we weren't doing that. And I'm not knocking their business model. I never knock a business model. They are who they are. You know what I mean? But it wasn't a good fit for me. So once I was told I can't open another agency, I started looking at ways where can I just open agencies the way I want? And so... Uh, April 1st, 2008, I turned in my resignation December 2007. April 1st, 2008, I shut down and opened my first independent agency right there in, in uh, Mundaline, Illinois, where I was located. Fast forward, I took those processes. I've tracked everything. I've kept up with everything. Today, we have 160 plus agencies that fall under the Williams Family Investment Group. $1.2 billion in premium. You know, 2,000 plus members at Inspire Nation. I mean, we're we're doing what I wanted to do was make money. So financially, I'm doing well there. But more importantly, I felt like this was a calling. You know, I feel like God puts us where we need to be when we need to be there. And you don't even know that you're supposed to be there until it feels right. But this just feels right. And I love what I do. I wake up every day and, you know, I, I love helping agents. I play golf every day. You know, I, I mean, I just have a great life. I can't complain so
0: that's so amazing. And one thing I learned about us that we have in common is that you're in Texas now. Yes. Right. Yes. So somewhere along the line, um, and I also started uh, with an all-state agency in Illinois. So somewhere along the line, you decided to um, make the move down to Texas. What, what triggered
1: that move for you? No, it wasn't, wasn't me. It was my accountant. My account- <laughs> Seriously, I'm being honest with you. My accountant said, Bill, you make too much money to be in a state with state taxes. You need to go to a state that has no state taxes.
0: Shout out to the beautiful state of Texas.
1: <laughs> there we go. So we looked at Florida, you know, we looked at Arizona, I think, and, and some other places. And Texas was just the place. It was the place. And I, and here's the thing. I have a Texas history because my grandparents lived in Texas. And when you're military, home is wherever your grandparents live. So we would always come back to Texas. I actually went to some elementary school time here. I did a, a year or two of high school time here. So, I had a Texas history. So, it was easy. I just didn't have any family here, but it was easy to come back to. But I love Texas.
0: It's a wonderful place. I love it so much. I've been here three years and it didn't take long to feel like I was a true Texan. So, yep. I don't know if the accent is caught up yet, though. No, um, not
1: yet. Not yet. <laughs> Probably never will.
0: So one of the things that you mentioned that really intrigues me is the moment that you realized that this other company's goals and standards for success didn't align with your own goals and standards Mm. of success. And in the independent world, it's a little bit different for agencies because we have so much. Freedom, there's just a blank slate to determine, hey, what do I want my agency to look like? What are my goals? What is my definition of success going to be? So what are some things for an agent to consider and keep in mind when there's really just such a, a world of opportunity out there as far as um, how they can mold themselves and their agencies and knowing, you know, what what are some things we should be thinking right. through?
1: One of the things. Uh, and I know, you know, Jason and Brian and all these other guys, one of the things they'll always tell you about me is that I keep shit real simple. Okay. <laughs> I keep things very, very simple. So for me, you know, you're, you know, you're doing the right thing when people call you by the name you want to be called. So if they say, Hey, that's my homeowner's guy. That's my commercial guy. Oh, you want to know who's going to sell farm and ag? That's this guy. So when, or this guy, when people call you by the name that you want to be called, then that's when you know you're in the right place. You, you know what I mean? So agents don't make this complicated. Figure out what you want to be by by what you want to be known as. What do you want to be known for when you walk down the street? And if that's if you if you love boats and you want to be known as the boat guy or gal, then that's your that's what you should go at. Because in our world, you can be whatever you want to be. One of my friends does nothing but write golf courses. He travels all over the country writing golf courses because he plays golf. every day, just like I do, you know, but that's what he wanted to be. And when he first came to me like eight years ago and we sat down, we started looking at our business plan together and said, what do you want to be? He was like, well, you know, I, I really want to be known as the guy that, you know, anything golf, because I love golf. I was like, then dude, let's go write golf courses. So we went and found carriers. You know, everything starts with your carrier. And then we went and found products. So once you have your carrier, then you have to have your products. And then we, he just, now he writes golf courses all over the country. He just wrote Tiger Woods, new golf course in, um, um, Missouri, the one that he just opened up as part of Missouri. So he's part of that group over there. That's, that's writing that golf course. I mean, but you can be anything you want to be. That's the thing.
0: That's the, the beauty of insurance is it, it doesn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, try to fit a square peg in a round hole. There's just, uh, there's a place for everyone. And when you, when you, uh, mention that I think of Ash Fitz, who calls herself the the Beyonce of insurance, right. and I think of Chris Green, the flood insurance guru. And right. um, I think it's really neat to like know what you're super passionate about and know what problem you're here to solve. So, so what is it that you want to go by, Dr. Williams? What is that for you?
1: Oh, I'm an investor. That's that's all I am. I'm very simple with me. I invest in insurance agencies, so I, I can't make it any clearer than that. That's what I do.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> so. When you're investing in insurance agencies, what are some of the things that you're looking for in that agency, in addition to the numbers that tell you whether or not that's uh, something you want to spend your valuable time on and your energy?
1: Well, the main thing I'm looking for is, is this an agency I can grow with? And will this agency allow me to grow them? Okay, Because a lot of agencies, they're so comfortable in their own little bubble and they don't want to grow. And so I've, I've had people who tell me, hey, Billy, why, why would I sell you 10% or 15% of my agency when I own 100% of my agency right now and I don't answer to anybody and I don't have any partners? like, I go, okay, would you rather be 100% owner of a dollar or 80% owner of a thousand dollars? You know, which one would you rather? And for some agents, literally because of their mentality because of their insecurities or securities or ego or arrogance or whatever they go. No, I would rather own 100% of my dollar. Fine. I'm okay with that. When you get ready to grow, we have a mentoring arm that you can come to that we won't, we are not part of your ownership, but we'll help teach you how to grow. But if you decide you want to grow bigger and you want a team of people helping you to grow bigger, let's take a look at Investing.
0: So when you say that some agents um, don't want to grow, right? I think that that's mm-hmm. kind of like a a shocking thought is like, what what agency wouldn't want to grow? And I think for some people, maybe it's that they really, they know what kind of lifestyle they want. They know what kind of hours they want to put in. And then do you, do you think sometimes though, that they do want to grow, but they don't realize that there might be some things inside that are holding them back. That's actually making it so that they can't and won't grow.
1: Okay. The number one thing that stops agents from growing, the number one thing that destroys insurance agencies from the inside. And the thing about us as as being destroyed, let me just say this. We are decaying from the inside, but we look fine on the outside, okay? Because think about it. When have you ever seen an insurance agency shut down? You know what I mean? That's like a McDonald's shutting down. (laughs) You just don't see that. You know what I mean? So, but we're decaying on the inside. So to get to your question though, the number one thing that stops agencies from growing is unmanaged emotions.
0: Okay. Unmanaged. What do you mean by that?
1: They're out of control. Their emotions are stopping them. So, let's let's kind of get into this. There are three types of emotions. There's mental, physical, and pure emotional. And if we're looking at laziness, because it's really the kind of laziness that stops agencies Mental is I don't want to think about it. I don't want to put any effort into trying to figure this out. I don't want to put any thought into trying to figure this out. I'd rather hire a VA and let them figure it out. I'd rather turn it over to somebody else, or I'd rather just not even give it any thought whatsoever. That's mental laziness. Then there's physical laziness. I don't want to put in the time. I don't want to put in the effort. I don't want to show up every day. I don't want to do this much work. I just don't. I don't. I want someone else to do it. I'll hire one one little girl and put her there and let her answer the phones and I'll call my, my customers back every couple of days or whatever and see if they, yeah, and that's it. I don't want to put any work into it. And then there's emotion. Ego, arrogance, and insecurity. Ego is what we do. Arrogance is what we refuse to do. And then our insecurities are based on our history. Wow. Okay. So ego says, I can do it. I can make this grow and I don't need to talk to anybody and I don't need anybody's help and I don't need this. And remember, I said arrogance is what we refuse to do. So those two work extremely well. We feel like our ego will drive us where we want to go, but our arrogance won't let us get any help. Our arrogance won't let us talk to anybody. Our arrogance won't admit. We stand on stage like we're all wonderful When in reality, we don't know how we're going to have a bus ticket to get back to where we're going. You you know what I mean? So that's that arrogance. And then our insecurities. Our insecurities are a product of our history, of our failures, of our successes, of everything. So there are a lot of agents who feel like, I don't think I can, you know, And, and I can really tell when I'm asking an agent to do something like the emergency contact process. Oh, I don't think my customers would feel good about that. No, you don't feel good about that. Your customers don't care. It's just a process. You know, well, have you talked to your people about policy weaknesses? Well, I don't want to mention that to them because I sold them the policy and I don't want them to think I sold them a bad policy. But you did. You sold them a broke ass policy and now you (laughs) won't even defend it. You won't even you won't even try to fix it because you're so afraid of looking bad. You know, marketing. Why won't you market? Is it because you don't have the money? No, you have the money, but it's that mental, physical, and emotional. Either I don't want to think about marketing, I'm too damn lazy to market, or I'm not sure if I'm going to get it right. Right. So unmanaged emotion is the number one reasons that agencies don't succeed as much as they could succeed.
0: Wow, and I I'm a big believer that if we're gonna break a bad habit, we have to replace. We have to if we're removing something old and removing a bad habit, we have to replace it with something else, something new, something that's a stronger driving force. So if we have ego and arrogance and insecurity over here on this shoulder, talking into this (laughs) ear, what what do we put over here on the other side to override that?
1: Discipline, and there are four types of discipline. Discipline basically has four legs to it. You have self-discipline, accountability, automation and technology, and outsourcing. Okay? Those are the four disciplines that help us help affect us over here. Self-discipline is tied to your confidence and tied to your emotional state. So self-confidence is I'm going to I'm going to eat good today. Well everybody's all prepared to do that until you get hungry. And then that eating good crap goes out the window. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So oh, you should never rely on self-discipline you can, it can impact what you do, but it shouldn't be the one thing you rely on because it's too tied to, it's too, too linked to your emotions. Mm-hmm. But now we're talking accountability. If you will allow someone to hold you accountable, if you will hold your people accountable, things will get done. Automation and technology. If you will automate as many things as you can, If you will use technology to cover your weaknesses and fill in the gaps where your staff is weak, things will get done. Outsourcing, if you know you won't do it, you know you won't hold someone else responsible for doing it, then outsource it. Pay someone else and let them do it. Agents are losing money, well, I'll put it this way. They're tripping over dollars to pick up dimes. okay? Stepping over dollars to pick up dimes because I'm not about to pay someone else to do this one. I could do it myself, but you're not doing it yourself. So you're losing the opportunity cost. You're losing the money that that would come with it just to save a few bucks over here. So, again, but all that goes back to, if I had to summarize it, unmanaged emotions. And
0: being willing to. um to be okay with realizing that you weren't right and that your initial guess was was maybe off, I think it's more important to get it right than to it's more important to be right than to be the one getting it right. So
1: you know what? And I call it most agents live on on a swag model. A swag is sophisticated wild ass guess. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh man, the, that first time you buy that batch of internet leads, it's just like so much <laughs> swag going in the bag. <laughs> yep,
1: <laughs> sophisticated wild ass guess. Hopefully, yeah. I got it right. And see, and that's why over 16 years, Inspire Nation, we've tracked everything, we've monitored everything, we've looked at everything. And if it can't, if I can't show where a process generated a million dollars in premium in the last 36 months, we don't teach it. We don't touch it. But if that process through our tracking and keeping up with everything, even our conversations, if we can show where that has produced at least at least one million dollars in premium in 36 months, then we add it to our video library and we teach it to you, you know. So I've got a slide I want to share with your audience. Is that OK? Can you make me?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All right. One moment
1: here. Let me share my screen with you. Share.
0: Awesome. All right.
1: So this is our S4TS model that we teach and live by at Inspire Nation, whether and it's Dr. Williams Family Investment, can you see it?
0: Yes, and Dr. Williams, for our listeners that are driving in the car right now and you are chilling on audio, just want to remind you that this is also up on YouTube on the Agency gotcha. Intelligence platform. Just make sure that you check it out there afterwards because this is definitely worth taking notes. So <laughs> go gotcha. ahead, Dr. Williams.
1: So our s 4TS model, like I said, is what we live off of with Williams Family Investment Group, Inspire Nation Business Mentoring, anytime I teach or train. So the first S is standards. Do you have minimum coverage recommendations in your agency that everybody lives off of? Meaning, does everyone say our standard in our agency is 100-300? And anything below that standard, we consider a problem on your policy. Okay, our standard is 500,000 liability on homeowners. Our standard is $50 rental on auto. Our standard is 60% loss of income on commercial. I mean, whatever your standard is for your product. So that's the first one, you need a standard. Once you have a standard, then you'll have an expected revenue per sale. Because if I sell the standard in my agency, I can almost guess what my revenue per sale is going to be.
0: Definitely. Does
1: that make sense? What that does is it removes emotion because now when when Judy or Bob or Dan or anybody is talking to their people, talking to their customer, they don't have to convince people that they should get this. They don't have to hope that people understand what they're trying to say. This is our standard. Our standard is two fifty five hundred. Anything below that standard, we consider a weakness and I need you to sign a decline coverage form. Anything at that standard or above, we're all good. I'll just put it in your notes. See, that removes emotion. Does it make sense?
0: It does, and just putting my sales coach hat on here, This is how you set yourself apart from the competition. The person you're speaking with may have gone online and Googled cheap insurance, McKinney, Texas, right? And they might have 10 agents blowing up their cell phone right now saying, hey, I'm going to shoot you over a quote and you need to be able to train your producers to be able to have a, a meaningful conversation that sets them apart. So they can say, oh, well, I know you said you have eight other quotes coming in, but did, did anyone talk to you about building codes coverage on your house? They probably didn't, right? Right. And so it makes it really easy to demonstrate for the client why it's worth ending their shopping journey today, their shopping journey, because mm-hmm. it really makes it real life and tangible for them that it, it's not just about shopping for the price at that point.
2: Are you looking for an insurance community to join? Have you heard of the L-A-A-I-A? The Latin American Association for Insurance Agents is just not for Latins. Their focus on diversity and inclusion over the last few years has made this 54-year-old association one of the fastest growing and the most dynamic associations in the industry. With established chapters in Florida, Houston, Dallas, Atlanta, and Denver, it's no surprise this association has the attention of everyone in this industry. Their upcoming national convention on beautiful Marco Island includes keynote speaker Tricia Griffith, the CEO of Progressive. National leaders from around the country like Marshberry, Vertifor, Lula, and more will be here on center stage as well. And whether you're an independent agent, a captive agent, life or health agency, or even a financial services professional, this association offers you everything you need to network and grow your business. Make sure you check them out and consider joining me, Jason Cass, at the next upcoming convention. It's going to be August 21st, the 24th at the JW Marriott on stunning Marco Island. This has been cast Approved. Well, you know what? It
1: also, we're still on S, but what it does for your agency also is one of those standards is what are your actions when a person doesn't meet your standard? You see what I'm saying? A lot of people don't send a decline coverage form. They don't send a text message reminding them of a weakness. They don't actually point out anything because they don't know what the standard is if a person doesn't meet your coverage standard. So we teach that standard. This is what you do if a person does not accept our recommendation. So now everyone knows what the next step is. Everyone knows what the next process is. So standards is the first of the S40S. The first one is standards. The next one is T. The first T is tasks. Do you know what task you do? There are only 14 every week tasks in an agency. Okay, 14 of them. And I think I I have it here. Let me, if you guys want to see this. Pretty sure I do. This was one of my presentations that I did. Let me see. I think I've got that 14 here. I won't look for it too long if I don't find it.
0: Dr. Williams, bring in the value, man. (laughs) So
1: There are 14 tasks that are weekly that happen every single week in an agency. And so when we look at our tasks, you don't need to try to figure out the 900 different ways of doing things. You need to figure out the 14 tasks, right? That's it, figure out your 14 tasks. Now there are 20 total tasks, but some of those only happen monthly, quarterly, annually, but there are 14 that happen every single week in your agency. Does that make sense? So those are your tasks. Coming back up to our slide here. And for those of you that are familiar with this, you probably were on my two-day workshop that I just finished, so these are the slides from that. All right, next is tools and automation. Never put a process in place or try to put a process in place in your agency until you have the tools and automation already set up to support the process. It's like saying, I'm gonna build a house and then you get there and realize, wait, I don't have wood, Hammer, nails, I don't have anything. So you're running back and forth. You you go and you buy wood, then you come back and go, oh, didn't get a hammer. And you go back and you go, oh, didn't get nails. Well, By the time you run back about the second or third time, you go, you know what, I'll do this tomorrow. I'm too busy right now. I've got too many other things going on. That's what happens in your agency when you tell them we're getting ready to blow this whole damn thing up and we're getting ready to convert our agency and become amazing. And then they go, "Oh, what are we gonna do, boss? What are we gonna do, boss? We're gonna put in a a a new policy review process and we're gonna do this and we're gonna do that." And go, "Oh great, what are we gonna do?" And they go, "Well, first I gotta figure out what the tools are." No, so you never implement a process in your agency unless you put the tools and automation in place before you ever bring it to your people. Because then it makes it easier to do the next T, which is time. Did you set aside time to actually train? I have this saying, if you don't make the time to create wealth, then all of your time is spent fighting off poverty. Okay? Wow. And there are a lot of agents that are, Like I said, they're decaying on the inside. They look great on the outside. And that's because they're fighting off poverty every day. They're not actually creating wealth because they never set aside time. I can tell how how good a person is usually just by looking at their calendar. So if I walked in your agency, Caitlin, or one of your agencies, and I said, uh, okay, I'm here to do a quick spot check. First thing I'm going to ask is show me your calendar. Show me your calendar. Oh, I don't keep up with my calendar, which means you don't keep up with your life, which means you don't keep up with your day, which means you don't keep up with your priorities. You don't keep up with anything because if it's not on a calendar, if it's not blocked off, then what makes it a priority? You know what makes it a priority? The fact that the phone rang, that made it a priority. The fact that an email popped in, the fact that someone sent you a text message, that becomes your priority, not the things that should be your priority. So calendar block. Even, even with appointments, calendar blocking, you can't just call me and schedule a policy review. You have to block that time off on my calendar using Calendly or Simply Book or bookings or something. You got to block it off on of my calendar, one, so I can show you my undivided attention, but two, because I've got other stuff to do. And so I need to make sure that when I'm with you, that that is blocked off. So calendar blocking, time. Next is training. If you don't train, it's not going to stick. And if a person tells you, I can talk to a customer, but I, I'm not real good at role play, they're bullshitting you. What they're telling you is that I don't, I'm not good under pressure and I'm not good with standards. See, role play has a standard. I can BS my customer. I can get away with anything with my customer because they don't know what I'm gonna say anyway. You know what I'm saying? That's why they say, well, I'm good at when I'm talking to the customer. Yeah, because you're good at winging it. You're good at swagging it. Sophisticated, wild ass guess what you're going to say, but you're not good at following a standard. So don't buy into that. I'm okay, Billy, um, with the customer, but I'm not okay in role play. If you can't do it in role play, you can't do it right with the customer. That's just reality.
0: Right. And, and the then more the you final- create that like culture of role play in the agency, the more everybody gets used to it, and it can be really fun and exciting. Yes. And, serious, and you can have those funny team huddle moments. And so it's like getting over that hump, get over the hurdle, build in those role-playing coaching huddle times in your team so that they know when it's coming, they know what to look forward to, turn it into a game and it can, it can be just a part of who your, your agency is. So then when you bring on a new team member, and everyone else is role playing. It just, it makes it so much natural for them. So it's I part think of the
1: culture. It's just part of the culture.
0: Band-Aid and it. just uh, start having fun with it.
1: <laughs> right. And then the final S is spot checking. If you're not going to spot check what you ask your people to do, if you're not going to hold them accountable. Then why are you doing it? So let me break it down because I know I did a lot of talking. S-4-T-S. Standards, task, tools, time, training, and spot checking. S-4-T-S. So that's what I base everything on in my business. And we've grown from a scratch agency in Mundelein, Illinois, to a $1.2 billion organization following our S4TS principles.
0: Wow. And when you were talking about self-discipline earlier and, you know, the mm-hmm. different forms of that, I I think that has a lot to do with the, the reasons that we um, sometimes turn our nose up at processes because it, it takes self-discipline, um, to be able to follow through with a system like this.
1: It does. Which, Well, again, remember, there's four levels or four legs to discipline. Self-discipline, accountability, automation and technology, and outsourcing. So mm-hmm. the problem is when that ego and arrogance kicks in and we can never move past self-discipline because our ego says we're a failure if we don't figure out how to make self-discipline work for us. And our arrogance says, I'm too... I'm too proud to turn it over to somebody else or to turn it over to technology or let someone else spot check me, let someone else actually look at my world. I'm too proud to do that. So the real issue is, can you get past self-discipline? You know, every agency that's very successful got past self-discipline, but a lot of people can't.
0: And so with the, the spot checking and accountability, that getting your eyeballs on what's actually happening and getting your ears on like what's actually being said to your clients on the phone, I think is so huge. So mm-hmm. um, accountability, visibility is so much of a part of that, being able to see and hear the things that are going on in the agency. Do you think that there's a, a time investment that goes into that that holds agents back from following through on that last step?
1: Well, there's... Again, we're looking at the S4TS. Time is one of those things. It's the fact that they never put it on a calendar to spot check it. Mm -hmm. So it's not an investment from the standpoint of, I'm going to throw it out there and hope that it works. It's an investment from the standpoint of, I'm actually going to stick with what I blocked off on my calendar to do. And a lot of that, believe it or not, has nothing to do with the agent's desire It has to do with the emotions of the staff. Again, unmanaged emotion is the number one reason that agencies don't succeed. So if I think Judy's going to get upset if I try to spot check her, then I'm not going to spot check Judy. If I think Bob is going to feel like I'm micromanaging him, then I'm not going to spot check Bob. So I'm letting Bob's emotions control my process. Yeah, that's not going to work for me.
0: I feel like 2020 brought up a lot of emotions that, mm-hmm. um, maybe we didn't have, maybe we did, maybe we didn't have to deal with in 2019. And one of those might be disappointment or, mm-hmm. um, feeling like maybe a little bit of guilt and thinking, ah, oh, is it the right like time to hold my team accountable? Because maybe they're working from home and they're homeschooling their kid from home. So can you, can you walk us through just how to get through some of those, um, Those emotions, maybe disappointment, maybe guilt that agency owners might be trying to wade through right now, or maybe the regret of just, oh my gosh, if I had started this three years ago, and how do I, like, it it seems like a lot to take on if you're just beginning a process like this.
1: Okay. Well, first thing I'm going to tell you is start out small. If you just did one piece, one task, if you suddenly started looking up by phone number, as opposed to just answering the phone, that one task. If you suddenly said, let me point out a policy weakness based on our standard versus what I feel like you should have. Just do one thing. The other thing is guys, no one cares how long it took you to become an expert once you're an expert. So I went to the military in 1982. I already had a bachelor's degree, went to University of Southern California, already had a bachelor's degree. I didn't finish my PhD until 2002. Okay, 2002 is when I finished my final class of my finance Ph.D. So that means for 20 years, it took me 20 years to become Dr. Williams. But no one ever says, oh, that's the the guy with the Ph.D. took him 20 damn years. They go, hey, Dr. Williams, how you doing? No one cares. If you graduate last from medical school, you know what they call you? Doctor. Guys, you're putting the emphasis on the wrong thing. No one cares how long it takes you to become good at what you do. You just have to always work toward being good. The problem is they focus on the outcome more than the process. So let's talk about KPIs for a second. okay? Right. And that falls under task and processes for us. I never put sales results as a KPI. I need 30 sales. That's not a damn KPI. That's an outcome. The KPI is I need you to make 400 phone calls. I need you to send 200 emails. I need you to send out 37 Zoom videos. I need you to speak in front of 400 different organizations or associations this year. That's a KPI. KPIs produce results. KPIs are not results.
0: And when you have a system and process in place like what Dr. Williams has just lined out for you, you can then track and measure what goes into that desired outcome so that you can reverse engineer it, dial it back and figure out, okay, if the desired outcome is 30 sales, then what are the behaviors that have to happen for me to get there? How many calls do I have to make? How many business owners do I have to visit? How many liability conversations do we have to have? Um... Or what? How many interviews are we going to have to get through to most likely find the next great team member for the agency? So, um, the more you're tracking and measuring, the I think the more fine-tuned your um, behavior KPIs become.
1: Absolutely, but see, then that falls back into those three types of laziness: mental, physical, and emotional. First and foremost, did you even do you even know what you should be tracking? Have you talked to other agents? Have you talked to other mentors? Have you talked to other consultants to even know what you should be tracking? Then there's the physical. Will you actually do it? You know, you may set up all the automation and technology. You know, agents love to buy stuff. We love to buy stuff. That's what happens when you have recurring income, right? When you have recurring income and you know that money's coming in, you just feel free. I can go buy anything I want because I know next week there's going to be more money coming in. So we love to buy stuff, but most of the stuff that we buy is for us to delegate leadership, not at, not actually manage. It doesn't make us better leaders. It makes us absentee leaders. And so that's a real issue. And the real issue with that is most agents are still trying to be the number one salesperson in their agency. That's not your job. You're the agency owner. If your job, if you're the only person in the agency, then yes, be the number one salesperson until you have put processes and enough sales on the books to where you don't have to be the number one agent, number one salesperson in the agency. But if you've you've been an agent for 15 years and you're still the only person in your agency selling or you're the number one salesperson, you didn't run a good business. You had a job. And you and I talked about this before we got on, Caitlin, and I was saying there are a lot of agents. The only reason they're an insurance agent is because no one else would hire them. No one else would hire them. So they hired themselves. So they basically went out and found a job for themselves being an insurance agency owner, but they still treat it like like they're the employee. They're waiting for someone to tell them what to do. They're waiting for someone to, to give them the standards. They're waiting for all these other things. And and that's not how you grow, especially as an independent. As an independent, the world is open to us. It's open. See, captives work for the company, independents work for the customer. So we have a broad array of customers, which means we should have a broad array of opportunities. But a lot of them still act like they work for the company. So they only sell home and auto because that's what the company trained them to do. Now they're independent. They got fired from the company. So now they go independent and they still act like they still work for the company. Does that make sense? And I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just spitting real world. It
0: does. Yeah. So I think it, it goes back to the struggle of like, because so many things fall on the agency owner's shoulders, what should they be doing? And what should they be delegating? So. When it comes to leadership, are there Mm -hmm. some things that you think an agency owner should keep within their wheelhouse and not automate or delegate or outsource?
1: We only have three jobs as an insurance agency owner. Again, Caitlin, I like to keep shit real simple. We only have three jobs as an insurance agency owner, hiring, training, and accountability. That's it. Okay. Hiring, training, and accountability. But Billy, what about hiring, training, and accountability? If you hired right, then you're going to hire people who can do those things that you're currently doing. If you're training right, they're going to be efficient and proficient at doing those things that you are currently doing. If you are spot checking and holding them accountable, you're not going to see things fall through the cracks because you're going to be there before they ever fall through the cracks. But if you're busy dealing with Mrs. Jenkins' $2 rate increase, if you're busy on the phone for an hour and a half trying to figure out this billing issue, if you're busy talking to the carrier about this particular claim, because then that means you didn't train anybody to do it. Okay? Hiring, training, and accountability. Those are the only three things I want my agency partners doing. That's it.
0: That keeps the main thing the main thing when there's so many yes. distractions. So so paint a picture for us to the listener that's like, okay, you, you've got me. I'm going to start these processes. I'm going to start the mm-hmm. S4Ts. What what does it look like? What's the difference in lifestyle and sense of purpose for an agency that understands hiring and training and accountability and processes like what you've outlined for us today? How did, What's the difference that that makes in an agency owner's life that you've seen from your experience? Well,
1: Kaylin, I'm going to use both of us as an example. As you well know, I play golf every single day, every day. When we get off this podcast, I'm going to go play 18 holes. Put right on. here in Mans- mansfield national today with my daughter okay monday wednesday mornings from i start my tea time is usually around 7 45 because it's a set tea time and i play until 12 which is my first appointment with one of my partners and one of my members is at 12 i play golf how can i do that aren't i worried about this happening and that happening and Phone calls coming in and emails coming in. No, I'm not. You know why? Because I follow my S4TS. I've I've done the right hiring. I've done the right training. And I'm spot checking. I'm holding them accountable. So therefore, I don't have to worry about all those little incremental things because I've got the people, tools, technology, and processes in place to make sure I have freedom. Because true freedom is do you have time? Understand, that's true freedom. I know people think, no, Bill, you gotta have financial in order to have freedom. But the key is if you managed your time right, and it goes back to my saying, if you don't make the time to create wealth, then all of your time is spent fighting off poverty. Poverty takes a lot of time, okay? Poverty eats up a lot of time. Wealthy doesn't eat up a lot of time. Wealthy gives you freedom with your time. So I'm using myself as an example to say, Man, I get to go to all my kids' games. I got teenagers. I get to go to whatever they're going to. We go out and we we hang out and we do this and we do that. I still make plenty of money and we still got all these other things because I've hired, trained, and held accountable. Now, let's take you. You were a very successful captive agent. You've been a very successful independent agent. You and your husband own 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 quantum, which is very successful. You've got two boys, but something tells me you have a quality of life.
0: I'm the most blessed woman in the world. Let's put it that way. And you know, I, I, I get asked often. People say, "Well, know, yeah, how do you do it all?" And I say, "I don't do it all. I have help." And um, for me, those those moments with the kiddos are what it really comes down to. And I'm, I'm a, I, I you guys know, I work hard. I mean, you get emails for me late at night when the kids are in bed. But I have an opportunity in the insurance world to, in this career where I. I I did have to start out, you know, putting in the crazy hours and whatnot. And there are times for that. And on the other side of it is Mm -hmm. a lifestyle that I just, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful for the traveling we've been able to do the, the times when I'm able to be there for my kids events and, um, and not miss those moments. So it's, it's huge.
1: Yeah. So again, to answer your question, what does it look like? What does real success in the insurance industry looks like? It's like freedom. Okay. That's what it looks like. Looks like freedom. So you can be making a lot of money, but if you don't even have an hour to spend with your family, you're not really as successful as you could be because you would have hired someone else. You would have trained them and you would have spot checked them to make sure that you did have the freedom that you wanted. And I'm not telling you to delegate everything because or delegate from day one, okay? because I've seen agents that do this, too. Well, Billy, you told me to follow the email, you know, and do all this other stuff. So, man, I came in and now I ain't sold a single policy, but I got a VA and I spent five thousand dollars on the agency management system. And I've got this in place over here and I've got that in place over there. And I'm like, but you have not sold a single policy.
0: There's a time for everything. (laughs) The time for delegating might not be here yet. (laughs) So
1: I'm not telling you to start out day one that way. I'm telling you that should be your goal is to work up to that. That should be your goal to work to where all you do is hire, train and hold people accountable.
0: And then you're 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 spending your time taking what you've learned through the trial and error and through the years, and you're investing that in another person so that they can um, see their personal and professional goals come true as well, which is pretty cool for our, our team members and, and the staffs and, and agents out there. There's just um, such a rewarding aspect of getting to that point where you are able to spend your creative energy and the hiring, the training and the accountability, because then you're, you're helping make that come true for another person. So, so Dr. Williams, thank you so much for um, breaking it down for us. I uh, I have to say, I think that this was a pretty awesome agency intervention with a dose of tough love in there that we all need at the end of 2020 while we're thinking of our, our new year goals. And thanks for painting that picture of freedom for us just well, to keep well, our
1: Joey G and Gola, you know, Joey G, right? I don't. Okay, we got to meet Joey G and Gola. Uh, he was Jason's. He's a, I met him, I think, through Jason and those guys. But Joey says, I have this way of of hitting you in the mouth and knocking you. But before you actually hit the ground, I put a pillow on. you. OK, so I'm not trying to be mean. Agents. I'm just trying to tell you you're making this way too hard because at the end of the day, we have one job in insurance, one job. Offer the coverage that will best protect our customers' quality of life should they have a claim. That's our only job. Everything else is a side effect of that job. Everything, price is the side effect of coverage. What is coverage? It's us offering the coverage that will best protect our customers' quality of life. Paperwork is a side effect of doing that job. Having more staff is a side effect of doing that job. So we have one job. Offer the coverage that will best protect our customers' quality of life. You do that. All this other stuff will fall into place. So start with that first.
0: Thank you for the, the words of wisdom that we all needed to hear. So um, really appreciate that, Dr. Williams. And how can, our, how can our listeners find you? Tell us how they can reach out. I know that you're putting out some pretty amazing workshops that have Yeah, just, just go to of- my
1: site. Just go to my site. I'm not going to lie. You're probably not going to get me. Uh, but go to my site and go to inspireanation.org, www.inspireanation.org a nation.org. And that's where all of our training materials, we do workshops and we have our membership and we have everything that we feel like you need in order to help you grow your agency. And that's my lead magnet. You know, I told you this before we started, I started Inspire Nation. And I keep Inspire Nation going, not so I can have a mentoring company or a consulting company. That's my lead magnet. So if I get 500 agents that join this year, I'm looking at those 500 agents. I'm watching who's paying attention, who's really growing. And the best of the best, those are the ones I'm going to go try to invest in. So it's a lead magnet for me, but it's it's a lead magnet that benefits the entire industry.
0: Absolutely. Such a great opportunity for us to learn and grow. So um, find Dr. Williams and his work at Inspire Nation and...
1: .org. .org. InspireNation.org.
0: <laughs> Perfect. Don't want to miss this part. Agents, this series is all about you and the wave of opportunity that is ours in the independent world. It's it's more than we could ask for. And the age of independence is here together. We can build over the next few years, what took agents of the past 20 and really looking forward to that journey along with all of you listeners. So this is Caitlin Agar and Dr. Williams signing off until next time.
2: Bye guys.